This podcast was recorded live on January 28th at 10 p.m. Things may have changed since the time of this recording. Please enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. I am Samori, your host, and the fellas are here for another episode of SJH Man Cave. We are live on Facebook and looking forward to another fantastic conversation. You can follow our Facebook page at SJH Man Cave and our Facebook group at SJH Podcast Family to get notified when we are going live and engage in discussions we have throughout the week. You can also see our videos on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. And with all that being said, let's dive right in. And this time, I think I'll kick things off with how Mike Week was. And I want to talk about <laughs> the GameSpot stock. Dude, it has absolutely ravaged the markets. All right. Absolutely ravaged it to the point that the story has been in Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal. It's it's just completely blown up just from regular old Joe Smoes deciding we want to take a stand. So I understand everybody may not understand what's going on right now. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big time investor or a big time stock trader. So I'm not really involved in the situation, really. But I feel like I've read enough about it to be able to try to explain it to you. So basically what happens is pretend like you go over to a next door neighbor's house and you ask him, hey, can I borrow a gallon of milk? And this person lets you borrow a gallon of milk. And then you sell that milk to somebody else for, let's say, $10 to make the season follow. Okay. Now you're betting that the price of milk is going to fall drastically, right? So you wait like a week or two weeks. And then that same friend comes back around and says, Hey, you know, you say you were just borrowing that gallon of milk. I need you to give it back. You then need to buy another gallon of milk. But now because you've waited, The price of milk is $7 instead of $10. So you buy another gallon of milk at $7 and then give it to that person that you originally borrowed it from, allowing you to turn a profit of $3. Hedge funds are basically doing this exact same thing, except they're doing it with major companies that they believe are about to fail. So they do what's called shorting the stock. Meaning they buy a bunch of the stock and sell it, assuming that very soon this company is going to bottom out and the stock is going to be at a significantly lower price and that they'll be able to buy it all back at those lower prices and then give it to their original borrower and reap billions of dollars of profit in the process. Now, the issue is by doing that, you can you can short a company that maybe could have recovered or maybe could have, you know, gotten their stuff together, become profitable again. But because you've driven the stock price to the bare minimum amount, everybody is kind of like, um, you know, perspective is truth. People feel like the company is going to fail because the stock price is so low and everybody's betting on it to fail. It's basically self-fulfilling prophecy. And so you're killing companies, you're killing jobs, all the while reaping profits. So what these people, and it started in a Reddit group, and then I guess a YouTube guy really, really kicked it off. But it's a bunch of people who love GameStop, and I'm actually one of those people. I got fond memories 
of standing in line at midnight at GameStop waiting for a new game console or a new game to come out and not being able to buy it online. So the only place you had to go was GameStop. I have no interest in GameStops across the country shutting down. A bunch of people feel the same way, and they decided to buy up as much GameStop stock as they possibly could, which causes the price to skyrocket. And the thing about shorting a stock is that there's no limit to how much your losses could be. So these people were expecting to reap billions in profit are instead losing billions of dollars with no end in sight. Like this can go up, 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 up as high as it wants to go. And these people will essentially have to pay the cost. Now, What's really, really crazy about this is that it got to the point that, A, the Dow stopped allowing people to trade on GameStop stocks, which I can't remember happening for any sort of major trade. They just stopped allowing people to buy it. But then number two, which is even crazier, the the apps that people use to buy these stocks, like um, Robinhood or TD Ameritrade, also stopped allowing people to buy the stocks. So essentially, all the way out in the open, clear for everybody to see, the system is set up where only the rich should be able to profit. If you as a regular person come in and flip the tables and make a situation where the company is able to continue surviving, people are able to keep their jobs and some regular okey-doke folks are able to profit from the stocks, the whole system will come together to say, hold on, we can't allow this. You're basically bankrupting these hedge fund companies. We're going to put a stop to this to protect these billionaires and the profits that they expected to be able to reap to the point that multiple Republicans and Democrats have come out publicly and said, There must be public hearings about this situation. This is absolutely unacceptable for them to interfere in the market in this way and basically protect these hedge fund billionaires. I've never seen a situation like this before. I I, I can't remember a time when the market reacted in, in such a way that also had such a strong reaction from public political figures who are not liberal. Ted freaking Cruz came out publicly and was like, yeah, this is not right. This this, this, this is not acceptable. They can't do this. They they just can't do this. And so I I don't know if either of you have followed this at all or had any thoughts on it, but this is a moment in history. And and Shelly alluded to it in in the comments in the chat. Thank thank you, Shelly, for uh, mentioning that, is that um, they're also manipulating the uh, the value of that company. The the she's mentioning negative mm-hmm. press and things like that. So so what they're doing is is they're making it where we can't look at the regular information that's out there. So one of the problems that that these guys in Reddit had with the GameStop is that they we we don't know yet if it's a failing company or if we're expecting it to bottom out simply because they got new leadership at the top and and they're starting to do things that are going to try to bring them into the into the 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 digital age bring them into the future now where they're not just a brick mm-hmm. and mortar 
I mean, I think they're even talking about stuff about hosting ter- tournaments, being able to host more tournaments and do things like that. And, yeah, and sports. Right, and get into that whole market and everything, uh, building up people's machines. So they're not just going to be selling video games and be a stop for comics or, or anything like that. So, so what they're mad about is that they're purposely undervaluing this company so that they can get their easy money. Whereas, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's like insider trading, really. It's you know they're 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 the inside guys on a company they're not even a part of. <laughs> How does that work? What part of the game is that? So, so you know they all it is is playing poker. It's playing poker, and now mm-hmm. a, a bunch of people have gotten together and figured out, hey. We figured out how you're playing the game, and now we can play it this way and play it better and beat you. And they're mad about it, you know. And I want to be clear, from the way I described it, you might think that GameStop is the only stock that's been affected this way, but that's actually not the case. Once they were able to pump up GameStop stock 200%, and it was clear that they were having a massive rippling effect throughout the market, The question became, okay, what other businesses can we do this with? Because part of this is they want to save companies that they really love. But the other part of this is they want to stick it to Wall Street as hard as they possibly can. So now they said, okay, can we do this with AMC? Can we do this with Bed Bath & Beyond? Some of them have even started investing in Blockbuster, all right, like Betting on Blockbuster to bottom out and fail should have been about as safe a thing you could do with your buddy as possible. But they are try- they are looking at what are the stocks that are being shorted the most, and they are just sticking a knife into the people that are on Wall Street. Now, the other side of this that I don't really understand investments and the markets in this way to know how legitimate this is. But what I keep hearing is that only on a surface level are billionaires and Wall Street really being affected by this because the money that is being used to be invested is really from people's 401ks, investments from, you know, smaller donors that then these billionaire hedge funds put into these large baskets to be able to make these kinds of bets. And therefore, the money that is being lost, yeah, it affects these hedge ma- uh, fund managers to some degree, but there's also going to be a lot of regular folks whose retirements or their 401ks are going to be negatively impacted by this. I don't really know if that's true because my understanding is these bets are considered to be so volatile and so risky that for the most part, People who are not rich do not get involved in this. And even their 401ks and their money is not used for this because, again, your losses, there's no cap. There's no limit to how much money you could potentially use doing this type of bet. So it's basically high risk, high reward. But that's the 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 basically the opposing message that I keep hearing. Personally, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. I think Wall Street is basically having a wake-up call, and they're just going to have to figure out how to deal with this. And this is absolutely going to the courts, and it's absolutely going to cause congressional hearings. 
Because what Robinhood and TD America and Ameritech and some of these other companies have done when they completely block people from being able to buy the stocks, but allowed anybody who wanted to to sell the stocks that can't possibly be legal. It can't possibly be legal. So basically, you're directly interfering in the market to protect these billionaires. There's no way Congress is just going to overlook this. So this is going to be an ongoing story. And I, I think this might be what finally causes some additional regulation to come into the financial markets. I guarantee you there's a lot of billionaires and a lot of people that trade on Wall Street regularly that are pissed this occurred. That are like, yo, you should have just let that billion dollar loss go. You should have cut your losses let it go and not taking this extra step to stop these people from buying it because now you're causing the government to come down on us, which is going to affect everybody who's trading on Wall Street. Uh, I just want to say, folks in the chat, I'm sorry. I just don't think Blockbuster is going to be saved. I, I, I think they're, 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 just, they're just too far behind at this point. I think it's done for them. I mean, I wish, but I, I just don't think it's, it's next to look for life. <laughs> That that ship has sailed. All right. In the words of the Joker from the Dark Knight, all right, you've changed things forever. There is no going back. But yeah, um, that was what I thought about a lot for this past week and what has been on my mind. Hudson, you wanted to talk about a recent story that came up in the news? Man, uh, Chad Wheeler uh, from the Seattle, I'm sorry, ex offensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks. And apparently he put quite a beating on his girlfriend. Um, I, it's, I, I just don't know what to say about it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's, there's a lot of opinions and there's the obvious opinion that, Hey, no one should be beating on anyone. Um, but you know, I, I just, I, I got really taken out by the Seahawks uh, response to this whole thing. Um, if you looked at their statement that they put out regarding this, I mean, it, it's just, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm blown away with how passive aggressive, not taking a stand that this, like, this is the perfect passive aggressive statement they put out. And Seattle is known for passive aggressiveness and, and the Seahawks just took it to a new level. Basically, they said, we're sorry this happened. And if anybody's a victim of it, call this hotline that has absolutely nothing to do with us. <laughs> the guy is not on the team anymore. And if you if you feel like you're in an abusive relationship, call this hotline to help you out. I mean, they, I, I was blown away by this. And, and I, I just wonder, when's the time that it's not like, they, they work for a regular company. It's not like they these guys work for for a Starbucks, a McDonald's, a, 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 a T-Mobile, or whoever. They don't work for these companies where, where we're not going to hear about if somebody at McDonald's abuses their wife, we're not going to hear about it. The, the guy's probably going to go to jail, and, and McDonald's is probably not going to hear about it. The guy's just not going to show up <laughs> They're just going to fire or not showing up and they're not going to find out. Right. But we're talking about people with millions of social media followers, even without social media. They got tons of people hanging off of them. And I mean, 
the guy wasn't a starter, but I mean, he was he was coming right off the bench and going. And he was in a, he was in eleven games this past season, so people knew his name. And if you're playing on the professional level, people know your name. It, it don't matter if you've been sitting on the bench your entire career; people know you. And so, heck, we we find out that Deshaun Watson wants to get traded on Twitter. I think that that's where I first found out about it. So, so they got so much reach and pull that I think the NFL tries to treat this like it's a regular company and tries to stay out of it sometimes. But they don't realize how how much optics there are on this that they just can't sit on the sidelines. And it makes me wonder how many people are are, are how many people are they covering up for? How many people are 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 abusing drugs? Are are possibly abusing their spouse, are are doing whatever. And the NFL's just trying to look the other way and cover it up. And there's too many people out there with talent and 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 who have worked their whole lives lives trying to get to that level. That why do we need to accept these people being able to have to basically live their dreams? Most people do not get to do that. But they get to live their dreams and be able to do this. Now, I get it. Uh, the, the reports come out that he he is bipolar, and 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 this and that. And you know what? Stop it. Uh, you know, Stop uh, it. um, you know, for I'm sure there's a lot of people who who have dealt with mental disease who who may even have it who might tell me that that it is that. This could be something that affected him and, and stopped him. But my question is, why did he stop his medication? You know, because that's what that's what they kept saying. He stopped his medication. I don't know. I, I just think I, I know I'm, I'm off of Chad Wheeler. And I'm kind of putting this on the NFL and putting this on the Seahawks. But I've seen the Seahawks have many players over the years who have had very questionable past. Uh, even Chad Wheeler has some issues in college that, that have just come to light because of this situation, right? So so the Seahawks are not backing away from a player with with, with some very uh, uh, lowbrow credentials, so to speak, and they're just signing them. You know, and I, I just don't get it. Why why can't – why don't they just put a stop to it? Why Why – uh, they could get other players who don't have these histories, who don't have these past. Why do we keep having to to look in the paper or or look in Twitter or look anywhere and see this kind of mess happening and and stuff we're supposed to enjoy? I'm supposed to enjoy football. Why do I need to see this? So, a couple of things. One, I think it's disgusting the way people will bring up. Uh, mental issues and say, well, that's the reason that this guy or this person went ballistic. There are plenty of people who suffer from being bipolar who do not then commit these egregious violent acts. So to say that's just it is just it's just crazy. And to me, it's a cop out, especially since, like you said, this guy has already had violent episodes in college. So if you truly are bipolar, You've known you are bipolar for years, and you know what happens when you are not taking your medication, 
and you are not making sure that you're stable. So from my perspective, you're still completely responsible for what occurred. But even beyond that, I want to make sure people know the details of what actually happened. This guy, who, was a, who, by the way, is a white male and his girlfriend is a black woman, he came to his black girlfriend and told her she needed to bow to him for whatever reason. It's not clear what kicked that off. But he told her she needed to bow to him, and he refused to do so. Once she refused to do so, he decided to beat and choke her until she passed out. After she was laid out on the bed, he grabbed himself some food, sat at the table, and started eating. She, at some point, woke up, and when he saw that she woke up, according to her report, she said he looked at her and said, wow, you're still alive? I thought you were dead. And then she quickly ran to the bathroom and locked herself in, and I guess at some point was able to call the cops. All right? Complete psycho shit. Psycho. Like you thought this woman was laying dead, and so you decided to sit down and have yourself a meal. Shelly in the chat is right. She He dislocated her arm as well. There are pictures out of the way she looked after the beating. They are brutal. They are brutal, especially if you compare them to the picture that has been released of how she looked before the beating occurred. This is straight up psycho nonsense. And I, I, I think the, the NFL definitely is to some degree to blame because they haven't treated domestic abuse cases seriously enough. And time and time again, Players who make it clear that they are violent, that they're not in control, are allowed these second and third chances. But honestly, in this particular case, I have a serious issue with the media because I remember when Ray Rice's case happened every single day on TV, over and over and over and over again, they played that video of Ray Rice punching his wife constantly to the point that there was no way this man could have any sort of career. Even when his wife came out publicly and made it clear, I'm still staying with him. I, I, I don't want to, this is not to the point that I want to leave, et cetera, et cetera. And mind you, I don't have an issue with that because the media can say, if you want to stay with him, that's fine. As far as we're concerned, he's an abuser and that needs to be highlighted. I'm good with that as long as you highlight everybody. As long as it doesn't seem like you only want to highlight black men who abuse. Because now there's this white man who was an NFL player and who almost beat a woman to death. And I'm hearing almost nothing about it. Nothing about it. There's not nearly the coverage on this. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why. And I think it's absolutely disgusting, especially considering the egregiousness of the crime. And also considering the fact this guy got out on bail. He paid his little $40,000 and now he is walking the streets. And you can't tell me she's not in danger. You cannot convince me this woman is not in danger. And yet somehow the courts didn't see fit to hold them. And here's here's one more little small tidbit on this, right? Uh, it was acknowledged that he resisted arrest and... He sure didn't have a scratch on him when he was booked in. And he sure was able to walk. Uh, this this big 300-pound NFL lineman 
did not seem to pose a big enough threat to these officers. Go figure. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> not, to, not to mean anything particular. I'm just going to lay that little tidbit right there and walk away from it. I agree 100%, man. Moving on then to our main topic. This should be interesting. Uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like if you're, no matter how great your relationship is, no matter how much you love your wife, if you're married long enough, you're going to have arguments. You're going to have clashes. You're going to have disagreements. And I think we all have different ways of dealing with that and thought it would be interesting to kind of explore how do you deal with disagreements with your wife? So my first question is, fellas, uh, and Jason, I think I'll start with you. How do you know when your wife is angry? I'd just like to say that that was a very excellent segue. Uh, <laughs> I just, I I just want to take knowledge, that. man. That's all. I didn't I just... even think about that. <laughs> but yeah, right. how do you properly deal with angry situations with your wife instead of just going ballistic and losing your cool? <laughs> Usually it is it's either she's not speaking to me <laughs> and I have no clue why. So I automatically I automatically assume they get all it can also just be uh misconstrued sometimes. Sometimes I gotta get in there and kinda get a little conversation to get a feel about what's going on throughout the day. Maybe something happened while I was sleeping, while I was barely awake. Maybe I said something out of pocket or something. I don't know. <laughs> it, it has a tendency to happen. I, I see. I seem to get my sleep interrupted a lot, and I say things when I'm tired. And when I wake up in the morning, I don't necessarily remember. So I got to get in, and I kind of got to gauge things. I got to get in, you know, come rub the shoulders while she's in the kitchen. Hey, babe, how you doing? If you get that turnaround look where either she'll look at you or she won't look at you at all and just kind of walk off as she shrugs your hand off. All right. All right. I did something. I did something. And I don't know what it was, but I'm not going to be able to find out until. Right. <laughs> I got to work. I got to figure it out. And usually for me in my particular marriage, I have a transitional phase where it's one to two days before I can ask a question. So in those one to two days, I kind of just kind of take stock and I start making sure I got all my fans and stuff in order. You know, yeah, I, make sure, I make sure I got some gas in the car. I make sure I got some laundry and stuff clean. I just, you know, I get my, I get my day started. I might even plan a couple meals for my lunches and stuff. Get my lunches all set up in the refrigerator. I take, that's a, that's a time where I'm able to kind of focus on myself. And wow. get myself together. Because I know eventually, and this usually happens when I get off work, is where I'll go into my, because I always, I go, I just go. I When I come in the house, I know I'm not being spoken to, so I, I, I stay quiet. I walk in, I give a quick look, see if I get a response. No. I go ahead, head to my bedroom, I get my pajamas on, I get in the bed, I put on Netflix show I'm getting ready to fall asleep to. And then usually the door opens. <laughs> Hudson, what about you? How, how do you know when your wife's angry? No, I think I got. I, I think I got the best case scenario where she just tell me. I mean, <laughs> she just straight tell me, and 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 actually that was one of the things that I discussed with her in the very beginning. It's like, hey, if you upset about something, though, I mean, please don't wait thirty years. You know, I don't. 
you know, because <laughs> look, I, I, I have because of past experiences, I've always been here, and and just quite frankly, just uh, too much TV where we see psycho women who who just go overboard. You know, I I don't want to be one of those husbands who finds out, you know, twenty years from now. That, that she was mad that I didn't take out the trash on September 3rd, 1995. And I had to find out with a knife in my throat. You know, I don't want to find that out. No matter how big or small, if there's somebody, I want to know. And I, and I got to say, and part of it, I mean, I guess that was just her personality anyway, is that, you know, if she's upset about something, she's going to tell me. So... I don't, there's no weight, there's nothing. I already know she's upset. Now, it, depending that on what it nice. is. That must be nice. It's very nice. <laughs> wow, absolutely. I, mean, I got to admit. Sorry, go ahead. That's a, sounds depending wonderful on, on paper. what it is, I might, I might have to wait to find out what it is. If she might be too angry to talk about it at that particular time. But she will let me know she's upset and I can, okay. Uh, you know, I, I know how to respond at this point. You know, stay out the way. <laughs> you know, right. until we right. rate it. I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat. If Samantha's upset about something, for the most part, she'll go ahead and tell me. Every so often, you know, her aura will shift because you know Samantha and I. We've known each other for so long that we know how we usually are. So when something's off, it's kind of just immediate apparent, immediately apparent to me. And I don't have to talk to her. You know, I could just look at her walk and know, hmm, there's a problem. You know, so, uh, but usually she'll come to me and she'll tell me. And Samantha, she's very, she's very cool and even for the most part. So even when she's really upset about something, she's usually not so upset that we can't talk about it or she won't even say anything to me. So if I ask her, like, hey, are you upset? Is there a problem? First, she'll always act like I should have already known that there was a problem and I should have automatically known what needed to be fixed. Uh, but then we'll go ahead and have a discussion about it. So she's actually really good about that. Not so good with this second question, which is, do you feel like your wife gets upset about irrelevant things? And how do you handle arguments with your wife about things you don't care about? I feel like all the time, you know, my wife, what what is a priority to my wife and what is a priority to me? Oftentimes there's a large gulf between these two things and you still have to treat it with a certain amount of respect because you have to realize it's important to her. And so you, you have to, even if you're pretending, you have to go ahead and you put that emotional energy into it and say, Yes, dear, I understand this is important and it needs to be taken care of, even if deep down inside, you don't feel that way. And I think to some degree, this is a real issue, like whether our first couple of years of marriage, because we were also still getting used to living together. And so, you know, who does the chores? How do the dishes get done? Yada, yada, yada. All these things that are huge to her is to me, it's like, whatever. <laughs> and it used to cause, you know, blow up arguments about absolutely nothing. But now I'm much more, you know, I have a much greater understanding of what she needs. You know, we have different love languages. I'm a very physical par- person. You know, I want hugs. I, I want to lay up together, things of that nature. She's an action oriented person. You know, if I want my wife to feel great when she comes home, then I make sure the dishes are washed, the bed is made up, 
things of that nature. Like you have to physically, you know, take out the garbage. Those types of things are what she really loves and what mean the most to her. And I've just ha- had to learn, like, you know, you, you, you take a person as they are and you adapt to that. So if, Jason, uh, what about if you? You, if you walk in, <laughs> in and that trash ain't taken out, she like, you don't care about me some more. <laughs> Basically, yeah. If you if you loved me, this would be done. And that is exactly exactly the way it works. If you loved me, you would do this for me. Uh, yes, yeah, bro. That's what I deal with. Jason, what about you, man? So, like I said, and I have to put this disclaimer out because I know she's probably watching right now. I love my wife. I would like my listeners to know. I would like our listeners to know I love my wife. And I speak a lot about communication and, and we've we've been through a lot. We really have. And I've learned a few things about her, but since we've been married, like you, you talk about you talk about learning stuff from day to day, you have to know. I feel like my wife has a tendency to shift from time to time. Sometimes she phases in and out. Cause it just like like when you're talking about arguing about things that, that you think just like you shouldn't have to, why, why is this an argument? I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand why I woke up this morning and you were mad at me. I don't, I don't get it. I remember I grabbed you in the middle of the night. I, I know when I, I get, when I get real huggy when I'm asleep. So I know I grab on and I hold on and one of two things is going to happen. Either she disappears or she's still there. <laughs> Usually she disappears. I know she I know she gets up a certain time of the morning to go to work, but I know when she's gone. And I know, okay, I don't know what just happened in this instant. I really don't know. I've had arguments with my wife that and I don't want I don't want to get into complete specific detail, but I I've had arguments with my wife in regards to how I sleep. <laughs> things you can't control like the, I, I'm trying okay I work late nights okay I work at night I've been working nights I've been working evening into nights for almost 15 years now and especially when I met her we've been together for 13 and on these nights just you know I get in the house I get in the house by 11 12 o'clock you know I, I usually grab me a little something to chew on and I go to bed I go to bed I'd be exhausted I'd be, I'd be exhausted. And my wife at this point needs to sleep a certain way. And I can't necessarily, I can't necessarily sleep comfortably the way she needs me to sleep. She needs me to be on a certain side, <laughs> holding on to her. <laughs> and, and, and I get it. I know. Like it's 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 a comforting thing. It's it's. I love having her in my arms. I want her to feel safe and comfortable, but I can't stay on that side all the time. I have to turn over. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> I have, my hips start hurting. My arms start to hurt a little bit. So I got. I got. I got to switch sides. <laughs> I'm a heavy dude. I've had my wife really argue with me about that. And when she'd be mad at me because I didn't sleep the way she needed me to. So she doesn't get good sleep. So I'm like, okay, that I, I believe in sacrifice. I really do. I I've I've sacrificed since the day we we've met. 
And it, it might not be on so many levels, but I've been working very hard. But when it comes to sacrificing in my sleep, her getting sleep over me, I have a problem with that. <laughs> so, so when you when she has that argument with you, how do you handle it? I, I don't handle it well. I don't. <laughs> I don't handle so you're it well. telling me you're still learning. <laughs> I don't handle it well because usually I'm still sleepy. That's the problem. Because she'll she'll actually start to argue. Sometimes she'll start the argument as I turn over. <laughs> what are you doing? Where are you going? I, my my side hurt. I gotta flip over. You get mad and she'll walk out. And then I'm just up. Like I can't believe <laughs> so I'm usually still sleepy by the time I wake up the next day trying to figure out what happened. What happened? So, you know, we we've I, I don't consider it nothing because I've lost sleep in it, but I feel like we have to find a better way. <laughs> so Jason is still working it out on his side. What about you, Hudson? Certain stuff, yeah. <laughs> what it looks like to me is that 90% of the time, we just don't realize that stuff is important. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, our, our women have a higher understanding of what's important in the day-to-day than we do. So, you know, maybe... I've come to accept it. It seems like that that's what 90% of any argument seem to consist of, is that this is important, and oh, I didn't know. You know, and, and even then, right? You know, how did you not know? I, I just didn't. I mean, I can't tell you how I don't know something. I mean, you know, so... so. I don't know, man. Let's be honest. Of course, the stuff that we get upset about, that I get upset about, she might think is irrelevant. You know, in fact, I'm sure she does. You know, it's, it's, I mean, for me, I I just try to, I just try to back up and, and I learned a long time ago from past experiences that you need to just back up and, and realize that, hey, just because, you don't understand its importance doesn't mean it's not important. So, you know, I I try try very hard not to just appease and sound like I'm trying to appease her because that that's insulting and I don't want to do that. So I actually do try to look at it from her perspective and go, okay, I understand why this is important and and you know, and we try to go from there. Right, right. So let's flip it around the other way. Um, when there's an argument where both of you believe that it is important, how do you handle those type of agree- disagreements, Hudson? Yeah, you know that's a that's a different story. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, mean, hey, I don't want to see things from your side. This is important to me, <laughs> and it's going to go my way. I mean, <laughs> You know, here's what I think. I think uh, everyone's got to realize is that we've all we're we're all older now. We're we're not five. We're not ten years old. We're not at the point where there's a whole lot of things where somebody is going to come along and convince you that you're wrong after you've been thinking something for twenty, thirty, forty years. I mean, we got to be realistic. So, (laughs) I mean. You're just Facts. not, they've grown up this way, it's done. I've grown up my way, it's done. 
all we can do is what what essentially all that's going to happen is someone just has to give way and give mm-hmm. ground. And in a lot of situations, it's not a whole lot of middle ground where we'll meet here and say, you know, because me personally, I'd rather I be dissatisfied than have us both sort of dissatisfied. You know, I don't I never believe in compromising that that both of us are going to be sort of happy. I think both of us are going to be sort of upset. So I'd rather take it, quite honestly, and just be the one because I, you know, I'll be like, all right, you know, I'll just because in a lot of situations, I can't say I'm an expert. You know, so a lot of times it's like who's right and who's wrong just depends on what you want to do. So uh, no one, usually no one's more right or wrong than the other person. It's just a different perspective. So for me, right. I, I'm just like, I'll say my piece and I'll let it go. And, and you know, and, and thank, thank goodness she will allow it to be let go. Because, <laughs> you know, so All that women ain't like that. Pass <laughs> from peace. After you know the, the 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 little skirmish, you know that that's my thankfulness right there. I don't need to have my way. Tell the honest truth, you know it's nice sometimes, but I don't need it. Honestly, in those type of situations, I find it more of a learning situation because when it's something that's more important, I kind of get more insight into who my wife is, and I think she gets a little bit more insight into who I am. Which is usually where the problem begins. Hudson honestly just said it perfectly where it's like, hey, you came from this and I came from that. And when you sit back and you think, like, I I, I love my in-laws. I, I hope Gwen is on here. Gwen, nothing to you. I love you to death. <laughs> but there, there, there's, there, there was upbringing. There were things that she learned that I find ridiculous. I just, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Like we we'll, we will sit and we will have conversations about things like that, and she'll tell me about how things was handled in our house, and I sit and I, I get so confused, and when I get confused, I get angry. But in that, I got I have to calm myself down because I'm like, oh, that's where she came from. I knew that already. <laughs> but when we have certain situations that come up, and you get more insight into what that was. Nobody gets married knowing all the way in on how deep the rabbit hole goes until you get married and you have these arguments and you have these conversations and it you, it leaves you just confused. Like you sit and you try your best to understand. And that's, and I, I feel like that's the biggest thing is that you have to find a way to try and understand. But when you can't, when you, when you just can't fathom it, <laughs> when it just doesn't make sense. It's like watching a Trump rider yelling, talk about the election was stolen and, and they, they eating babies to, to gain liberal strength. And you <laughs> look at it like, where did you pick that up from? Where did you get that? Is that a thing for real? <laughs> like it's, it's maddening. But what I find, what I find out in our arguments is that we'll we'll go in hard and we'll express, and usually it ends in just not talking for a while, which I find to be more healthier. 
because sometimes you just got to stop and you got to regroup. You really do. You you were just you were just bombarded by stuff that you just never really thought was a thing. And it, it, it you can't you can't stay in that confusion. You can't stay in that that anger and have a relevant conversation with another person who has a totally different way of thinking. You can't. You got to call time out, and you got to go to your you got to go to your corner, and you got to chill out. <laughs> you, got, you, know, you got the process. <laughs> you got the process which you just heard, and then you go and then you go back to the ring with a nice cold drink or a nice hot drink, whatever their favorite drink is. Maybe come back with some tacos. She loves tacos. I always grab her some tacos from this place that she loves when I want to come back in and talk. <laughs> and then sometimes I, I have to I have to sit and I have to wait. I have to wait for her. Because I have to wait for her to get her mind wrapped around what I've said at the same time. So sometimes it's just about bread and butter. Like as you pass by, make sure y'all cool. All right, you up walking. All right, great. I'm walking. My back hurt a little bit, but I'll get through it. You know what I'm saying? You just sometimes you just got you got to have some cool downtime and then come back to the table and discuss it after you've had time to process. You know what I got to comment on is that Jason a little earlier, if the audience remembers, he said he'd get confused and he'd get mad. And all I pictured right there was you know how the children had them little toys where you got to fit the round peg into the round hole. I just picture him trying to fit the square peg in there and just, uh, that's Anyway, go on. Honestly, with that example, it's more about watching her try to fit the square peg into the triangle and you steady tell her that's not, that's not, that's not it. <laughs> the one next to it. But she not listening because she came from someplace else. You can't look at this it triangle is going in this square. You know, <laughs> no, no, baby, it, that it goes in the square. <laughs> you have to be able to step back. You know, it's interesting to hear you say that because I feel like the way you look at uh, Cynthia's background, some of her upbringing, and mm-hmm. how that comes out in your disagreements, I feel like sometimes Samantha looks at me the same way because I was homeschooled as a kid. And my upbringing, the way my parents dealt with me and the environment that I was raised in is wholly different from what she went through. And a lot of times she does refer to it as craziness. (laughs) You know, she was strongly against us homeschooling our children. And sometimes that does come out in our disagreements, because, of course, we all take our backgrounds with us and it comes out forcefully when we feel passionately about a particular subject. And, you know, sometimes she'll just tell me, like, this is because you're homeschooled. Like, and and she, she never says it as a compliment either. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know you would have picked this up if you hadn't been homeschooled. You would feel you would think differently and better about this. Yeah, she does that. She well, does that. You, you thought you were going to escape that when you was in your own home, didn't you? <laughs> I mean, come on now. Come on now. I, I, I thought this was the last place I'd have this, this kind of problem. But, you know, it's I, I agree with what you said before, Jason, as well. It's about communication. For me, when we're having arguments where we both feel forceful about the situation, it is it becomes so important to me that I make sure I understand where she's coming from. 
what she is trying to communicate and what her position actually is. Because it's easy for you to get wrapped up in how you feel and where you stand and that you're right and that you want things to go your way, that you don't even care about the other person's perspective and don't even bother to really listen to what it is that they're trying to tell you. So when we're having those serious disagreements, sometimes I will listen to what she says and then try to create my own summary of what she says and repeat it back to her to make sure, okay, do I completely understand what you just told me? I don't want to move forward until I know that I have good reason to feel like you're dead wrong. (laughs) So (laughs) it creates a situation where even when we're having deep, passionate arguments and we're on completely opposite ends of the spectrum, at the very least, we always feel like both of us care about what the where the other person stands. I care about and respect your opinion. This is not about me railroading over you or not caring about your thoughts or your input and where you stand. It's about I've thought about this situation. I've looked at things from both sides and I strongly believe that your perspective is incorrect. And this is why. Sometimes this is not enough. Sometimes I do. Yeah, see, my wife is already commenting in the chat. I'm usually right. (laughs) Sometimes it's not enough. Sometimes I said, I do have to take your route and be like, you know what? I don't really always need to win. I still disagree with you, but this is just not important enough for me to try to hammer on it and make a forceful issue out of it. And then sometimes... You know, you have to say, like, no, this is what's best for our family. And I I think that's the other thing as well. Choose your battles. I think some couples, each side always feels like they absolutely must win every fight. And if they've lost the fight, they hang on to it and they get grudges about it. And it's, oh, my God, why did I let them get away with it? I can absolutely walk away and say, you know what? You win. You've got it. It's okay. It's okay. We all knew that. Oh, wow. Even Hudson's wife is commenting in all this. Oh, I know. <laughs> I just wow. heard that statement that you can be right or you can be happy. Wow. I can't have both, huh? <laughs> all right. Sounds about right. Okay. It's one and all. The, you can't order from the whole buffet player. You can only get one plate. Right. You got to take and choose. But yeah, I feel like it's important. Choose your battles. You know, choose when it, okay, I really, really need to take a stand. So this brings me to my next question. Is there a difference between you starting an argument as opposed to your wife starting the argument? And I know for me, there actually is a big... Sorry, you're about to say something, Hudson? Yeah, I'm about to say, let's break up this wives club in the chat. (laughs) You know, one of the things going on. We can't control the chat. People go and say whatever they want to say in the chat. I'm letting letting it ride. It's all good. It's all good. But I will say in my relationship, I think there is a big difference between whether I start the fight or uh, Samantha starts the fight. Because Samantha is usually very even, very cool. She doesn't get super passionate or riled up. You know, so oftentimes... If I've decided I'm really upset and I've started an argument, it kind of catches her off guard. And she's like, 
what are you getting so upset for? What's the problem? Like, this isn't that big of a deal. Whereas, <laughs> whereas in, in my mind, I'm like, no, wait a minute. This is it. Wait a this minute. Oh, we trying to go to war right now. This is a problem, all right? We, we go, we go talk about this, and in her mind, her mind is like, eh, eh, you know, we, this can go either way. Whereas if she starts the argument, you know, I'm probably already, you know, bubbling up a little bit, and she's just decided, okay, this is something that I take personally, and we're going to have to, we're going to have to talk about it. So I think there is somewhat of a difference. And how the argument goes, depending upon who actually starts it. How about you, Jason? Does it matter who uh, starts the argument in your house? I just love the fact that you like, boy, hold on. <laughs> how are you not taking this seriously? No, <laughs> no. I am much more, you know, passionate about things than she is. So, you know, I'll be like, this is wrong. And she'll be like, just, just calm it down. How, All right? da- then, how dare you not take this as seriously as I do? Yeah, <laughs> that is absolutely the nature of our relationship. <laughs> you know, I, I honestly had to say, I had to think about this for a sec. Like, like, what, like I don't, I, I want to sit here and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the stance of like I don't start arguments, but I do. But I think I do it in a petty sense, and I don't, I don't necessarily mean to do it. Uh. Usually if I see something or if I hear something, I usually start off mine with a question. Why 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 would you do that? <laughs> like why why would you say something like that? Or you know, something some, like for some reason it seems like when I do that, it's way more piercing. For some reason. As a, <laughs> <laughs> You're not sure why. <laughs> why would she get upset about that? I don't know. I just said the way you do it is completely fucked up. What's wrong with that? <laughs> understand something. Understand something. And I've said this on many different occasions, and I certainly hope I, I guess here this evening, and most anybody who's ever heard it, I believe I married my mother at the end of the day. She's just a reincarnation of Beverly Johnson. And I married her and my subconscious, my mom did it to me. My mother was honestly the only person who ever knew how to really get to me where she would actually upset me. And then I met my wife <laughs> and then she, she literally like, like my mom's hand just moved out the way and hers just went right in the same space, same fingerprint on the button that she just knows how to get. So in response to it, I like I couldn't I couldn't do that to my mother because one is disrespectful and it's my mother. She shit, she hit me in the head with a frying pan when I was fucking 15 years old and I got too tall. So I'm like, okay, so I gotta figure out, I gotta figure out how to get back at her. I can't, I can't let I can't let her, I can't let her do this to me. How dare you? How dare you come into this house, pledge you love me, and then push my buttons like that. So I need to learn how to push yours. So I have gotten a little petty with mine. So yeah, I I I pledge questions here and there. I, I query, I query, I query some of the things, and I query some of her judgment. And she takes she takes that pretty personal. So does it, it change the nature of the argument depending on who starts it? It it usually depends on who gets heated first. <laughs> so usually, if I start off my queries in this particular fashion, she usually comes with a response you know, in, in kind. 
Oh, you want to push buttons. <laughs> That's usually what I hear when she says what she says. Like, damn, maybe I shouldn't have laid in with this. <laughs> she, so you ask for the smoke and then you ain't ready for it? Exactly. <laughs> I my I found out that my wife can be pretty scathing. She can she she her pet her petty level, her her petty force levels, her her force, her um uh, her midichlorians. Her midichlorian account is way higher than mine. <laughs> I found that out real early. So with that, I really tried not to start arguments. And I really tried not to get into it to the point where we're just going to get constantly heated. But what I have been doing lately is just choosing not to do it. Just in the fact that I feel like... I know she's coming with something and it's either because she's feeling a certain kind of way or something's happened throughout the day, or it's one of them things that I did that I didn't realize that I did it. And it's like, okay, so what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to feed into this. Cause if I feed into it, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to blow up into something that it doesn't necessarily have to be. I'd really like to talk to you within the next two to three days. Cause I feel like we got some important things that we probably got to talk about or we got to do. Like it's the son's birthday. We need to be talking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, you know, so I, I, I pick and I, I try to, I, I've talked to other married brothers where they say, you know, you pick and you choose your argument. You know what I mean? Are you, are you all in on this particular argument? Is this your last stand? Is this where you go gladiator? Or do you just let it go? Cause sometimes in those situations, she just needs to be angry. So Hudson, what about you? Does it matter who starts the argument in your house? Um, no, I I think so. So I mean, it was I'm, I'm more responding to Jason than I am the question because I, I laugh on the inside because I am King Petty. I I am <laughs> I am the most petty person that you will probably ever meet in life. And, and, and I, you know, when it comes to me, you know, I, 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 I don't do the conventional warfare, you know, I'm, I'm more, I'm more of the underground forces that, that, you know, pop up here and there, you know, do a little skirmish and then I, you know, I'd helicopter out, you know, that's what I do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it, it's. It's like I, I do little I do little stuff that has nothing to do with any argument that I know is going to like I'm totally happy knowing that I'm not going to see her upset about something. I just know she's going to be upset about it, you know. And we're not talking about like a huge blow up upset, you know. I'm talking about hey, I might I might leave the trash a little full, you know, and, and run out to Starbucks and get some coffee, you know. And I know she'll come out while this trash overflowing. <laughs> you know, you know why you take out the damn trash before you left? You know, you know I'm like a little gremlin that runs around the house leaving booby traps. <laughs> you know, it's gonna, it's gonna make her upset throughout the day. So it's like if you want to have an argument with me. This argument's gonna last for some days because. <laughs> I don't even know how long it's going to last because I don't know when you're going to find some of the stuff I'm planning around. So, <laughs> now, disclaimer, so, I'm never going to do anything dangerous that, that will get anyone hurt. I don't know if everyone knows that. But anyway, wow. go ahead and some more. 
So then I guess the answer for you would be no, but just to make sure, do you feel like when you have those arguments with your wife, it's because she feels like she's not included in decisions that are being made in the house? Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure we really had any, any real argument concerning that. Um, you know, may, maybe some little, some little small non-arguments, like, you know, I decided to cook something and, and I made mine a slightly different way. And she was like, well, why didn't you tell me you was making it that way? I might have wanted it, you know. <laughs> so, I mean, no, nothing like real. Whereas, whereas it was, you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those very, you know, I'd rather... I'd rather have, you know, a complete united front on any major decisions happening around the house because, I, you know, I don't want to have right. to go back and redo anything. And I, like I say, I'm very open to the fact that I don't know everything. So, right. you know, I, I, so we don't really have those kind of issues, I don't think. So my week went like this. <laughs> I, my son's birthday is next Saturday. He's turning seven years old. I took it upon myself to order him a birthday cake. Makes sense, right? He needs one. It's his birthday. He already mentioned to us, oh, I want a Chicago Bear birthday cake. Oh, okay, cool. Young lady I used oh, to yeah, work with. Young lady I used to work with started herself her own little baking company. Miss Elaine Brown. Hopefully she's listening this evening. Uh I'm like, okay, we supporting black businesses. That's part of the thing that we do, right? So let me let me support this sister's business. She's making cakes. I have her make a cake for my son's birthday. Talk to her through a uh, messenger. Typing. Typing. Not a phone call. Typing. <laughs> hey, what kind of cake? Send some pictures back and forth about what she can make, stuff like that. Tell me what the price is, all that good stuff. Set up the order. Get to have the money. Bam. Birthday cake is on deck. My son, man, I just, I just put, I just put on, I just did dad moves. I just got the birthday cake for my son. His birthday going to be fly, right? All in, uh, I'm all in chest, just expanding. Y'all know how that feel when your chest expand and you feel all proud of yourself. Like, boy, I just did good. That's all go love us. Man. And, and my wife's going to be proud that I got it already handled. Right? Come on now. <laughs> we we had we talking about this subject for a reason. So one night after I get in from work, always, always when I get in from work, uh, I mentioned it to us. I, I we I need we need to start having a conversation about you know what's gonna happen for this birthday. Oh, well, you know, we got to get the cake. We got to do this. We going to set it. We going to go get that theater over at Hollywood. Oh, baby, you ain't got to worry about the cake. I already got it. <laughs> you even sound super proud of you. Man. <laughs> hit my chest. <laughs> Boy, already got a cake on deck, babe. Got him in Chicago. Bad cake. Let me show you the picture. Well, where you get this cake from? Oh. This girl I used to work with at the museum, she just started her own baking company. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm supporting black businesses like we do on the show. Woo, 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 woo. Boy. You should have said you just saw like a Facebook advertisement or something for a bakery. Why do I, why do I do that? Why do I have to do that? Why? 
Why? I, there is absolutely not. What I did was what a proud father is supposed to do, and he handled his business. I you know your that. wife. I could do something like that. You could. If I told Samantha that, she'd be like, oh, snap, that's handled? Great to hear. All right. Don't talk to that broad no more until we need another cake. And then we would have moved on. <laughs> like <laughs> It would have been perfectly fine. But you? <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> no, sir. So, so the argument ensues. <laughs> it ensues. Who, who, who this? Who this? You know how she get out. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, I just got us a cake. But why didn't you consult me on it? <laughs> it's, a, it's a birthday cake. Why, why is there consulting needed on a birthday cake? I don't understand. Why are we arguing about this? I really don't want to argue about this because we needed a cake. And I got it. I got a cake and I did it. Well, who does have to make it a cake? It do it matter who make the cake? Does it matter? Does it really matter who made the cake? It really don't. It really don't. Most of the time when you go to a bakery or something like that, there's usually a lady back there behind the counter anyway. So I'm pretty sure she's baking the cake. So either way, it's going to be a female baking the cake. Should I should I call a bitch in the middle of her making the cake as I'm ordering it or something? <laughs> to make it utterly clear? You know, <laughs> but you're going to make this cake for my son. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I said, my wife called you one too. And you know what I mean? Like I, it, as I've gotten older, I'd like to believe that we've moved forward. And if we move past a lot of that stuff that we dealt with when we were younger and first getting together, but I'm slowly but surely reminded not only by my own actions, but by my wife that I'm wrong. I am absolutely wrong. I wish to move past it. That's why I think I try to test the water. When you dip your toe in the pool and you know it's going to be cold, but you still do it anyway because you hope it maybe it's a heated pool. But you don't really run into a whole lot of heated pools. I really want to go to a heated pool one day. I really do. I want to be the guy who just, you know, makes a good decision and everybody's happy. I got a birthday cake for my son. <laughs> I got if she didn't act this way, you wouldn't love her as much. I know. And that's what's crazy. Uh, and that's what's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so here, here's and that's what's crazy. I, you know, I don't know anything about the who who's this heifer or or who or any of that. You know, or, uh, I don't I don't know if you may have thought birthday cakes was cold for something else. <laughs> <laughs> You're paying for birthday cakes. <laughs> you know, I don't know if it's a. But here, you know, here's what I know about birthday parties. And I learned this from my wife. Right? It is it's not all you gotta make sure you got the right flavor of cake. You got how many people are coming. You gotta make sure it's big enough. You gotta make sure the colors are gonna match with whatever you want to decorate the party style with. You try to do that too and make it a whole bit theme. So you know, I know there's there's a lot that goes into it, which is why I know better. And I sit my ass back and wait until Nicole tells me, "I said, go get a cake." Okay, what cake? What size? I done already made a mistake. Getting, getting uh, I think I got a half sheet when I should have got a full sheet. I don't remember now, but I know I need to know what size, what type. I need to know what princess you want on it. I need to know what colors you want. I, you know, what's the theme of the part? You know, I know we getting into all that before I just go and get a cake. And see, in my relationship, I'm the exact opposite. Samantha just wants things done. 
I mean, she wants it done properly, but really she just wants it done. So if we needed to get a cake and I bought a cake and it just so happened to be like she wanted blue frosting, but I had yellow frosting as well. It wouldn't be a big deal. At the end of the day, she'd just be happy we got a cake. Let's move on. Let's have the party. Like, it's no big deal. You know, we don't have um, big arguments based on decisions around the house because like Hudson said, we're very good. We're very good at communication, especially when we know it's something important. So she always feels included in decisions that happen around the house. There are no big blowups that occur because of that. The blowups occur because we have a huge difference of opinion about what should be happening in the house, and we're having trouble finding middle ground. Go ahead, Jason. But here is where my where my automatic issue already is. It's not about the cake. <laughs> It has absolutely nothing to do with the cake. I don't know if Cynthia's in the chat and she said you got whipped cream when you were supposed to get buttercream. That was only a problem <laughs> after I told her where I got the cake from. That's it. Everything I did after that point was made was wrong. I got the wrong. I got the wrong. I got whipped cream instead of buttercream. Uh, he wanted a C instead of a Chicago Bear. I, everything after, after the fact that what I said, where I got the cake from, everything I did was wrong at that point. So it didn't matter. And that's and that's where the inherent argument starts. It always goes back to where we were at one point. So I feel now, like this is a good segue because I just mentioned that you wouldn't love her as much if she didn't act this way. And my next question is, do you all feel like regularly arguing is healthy for a relationship. And I think it's obvious in Jason's case, whether it's healthy or not, it's his reality and will be his reality going forward. So Hudson is is arguing healthy for a relationship. (laughs) I I think it depends on the relationship. I mean, it's, I think everybody's going to have an argument, you know, whether it's healthy or not. I mean, can you move on from it? You know, can I, you know? I think if you got two really bullheaded people who can't seem to, who can't seem to, you know, ever agree on anything, maybe it's a problem for them. But I've seen two bullheaded people be together forever. You know, so I mean, it just depends on the couple. There's no, for some people, I would guess arguments are might be the, and obviously, fifty percent of marriages end in divorce, right? So. You know, there's some who just the arguments just wasn't healthy for their relationships. You know, um, so right. so I don't know. I mean, it it depends on if you all have a have a groove that you all in. It looks like Jason, y'all got a groove in, in the way y'all do it. <laughs> I mean, it seems like all three of us have a have a way of of you know being able to to get past it, get through it, get past it. Whether it be to laugh about it or you know or just kind of give in or or be petty, whatever your way is, you know, if it works, it works. I say we still together, so it's working. <laughs> you know? Right. I honestly right. believe that I'm in the Al Bundy and Peggy marriage. I really do. <laughs> Ever since we started this thing, it, it's funny. It, it's crazy sometimes. Sometimes it's just out of this damn world. And it's just like you say, it, my wife told me that before we got married, I think she was like arguing. It's what we supposed to do. We supposed to argue. And she said that 
it set off so many red flags, and I gave her a ring anyway. <laughs> because, because it's just like Samori said, I don't think I would love her any other way. I really don't. Like, like a woman like that, right up my alley. <laughs> like, it, like it literally keeps me on my toes. Or I could, if I just feel like just living on the edge a little bit, I'll fuck up a little bit from time to time. <laughs> just get something started. I don't know why. Because like when I hit, like when when I hear other dudes that talk about their wives, like, oh no, man, my wife, she, I stay out late. I do this, I do that. Like, yeah, this should sound good on paper, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of like, you know, at least when my wife is arguing with me, at least I know she give a damn. You know what I mean? Like, if she wasn't arguing with you and whatnot, you was just out here doing whatever the hell you want to do, I'm pretty sure she's fucking somebody else, but she really don't give two shits about you at the end of the day. As long as she got enough energy where she wants to come in on me, that's cool, because it's it's us. It's our thing. <laughs> the kids kind of look at us like, ooh. But, you know... Hey, I grew up the same way. It's the way my mother and father was and whatever. When I grew up in the house, they argued. They got into their knockdown drag outs. They had their Al and Peggy moments and stuff. And it just was what it was. And it's inherent in me. And it's just more said, like I say, I've, I've been I've been cursed since birth at this point. Okay. They put it in the subconscious, and this is where I'm at. And I met my mother. And she fits in perfectly. <laughs> yeah, I agree with both of you all said, and especially you, Hudson, that whether or not arguing is healthy, it, it depends on the relationship. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's kind of like halfway with Samantha and I, you know, we really appreciate um, good discourse. So sometimes we'll talk about politics or different situations that we'll go back and forth providing our different sides from different perspectives, you know, and, and we enjoy that. I feel like it brings us even closer and it's healthy for the relationship, but at the same time, we're not the type who needs like big drag out. I don't want to talk to you type fights on a regular basis. I don't think that would be healthy for us. And for the most part, we're able to avoid that because we want to do what's healthy for the relationship. And we know that's not it. So I, I think it just, you know, kind of depends upon the people. And I think it also depends upon, does the arguing make you better as a person and as a couple? Like sometimes, like I think Jason was saying, every time he has an argument, he learns something more about her, you know? And he has to take the time to figure out how to deal with that and how to, you know, be accepting and understanding of that. And to some degree, that's probably a good thing. Whereas if your arguments are always about trying to get your way and lord over somebody, then it's probably a much more negative experience. <clears throat> My next question is, have any of you ever witnessed a couple have an uncomfortably intense argument <laughs> in front of you <laughs> where you're like, damn, I hope we're not like that. <laughs> we're out in public. Jason, I'll start with you. I don't think I was ever with my wife when I've been in them situations, but I have questions like, why did you call me over here? <laughs> like, why am I here? If y'all were doing this, you could have called me and said, hey, bro, not tonight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, y'all need to keep that between y'all. There's no way that I want to introduce that type of thing. What I don't want to introduce anything like that in front of other people. That's Number one, that's way too intimate. That's way too intimate in the fact that I, if I'm having an issue when I'm with my wife, then we need to work that out before we introduce anybody else into the situation. Right. At the end of the day. We, I, and it's not because I'm trying to front and it's not because I'm trying to show 
that we flawless or nothing like that. I just don't believe in putting negativity out over everybody else like that. That's not necessary. If we got an argument going on, it's one of two things. Either we can pause this uh, situation and where it is and we can pick it back up later, or we need to work it out now and figure out where we're going from this point. There's, there's no reason to invite anybody else into that. And the only reason that I feel like most people have done that is usually because they've either made a decision that they pretty much is pretty much over with. Kind of like, I, 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 like at that point, it, it's way beyond petty. It's, it's, I'm trying to do something to hurt you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm going to treat you like shit and whatnot in front of your friends. Like that, that gets way too personal at that point. And I don't, I don't feel like that. that I've, I've been upset when we've gone around other people or like I, <laughs> I've made the choice or I've, I've gotten irritated or something like that when I'm in a store or something like that. But like, no, like, you, you're not going to come to my house and you're going to see us, you know, I don't know. No, that, that's, so, that, that's something that's way too personal. That's something that you have to keep between you and your wife. Hudson, what about you? Have you ever seen that before? Look here, man. So many very personal things come out in arguments that people just can't keep under control. And uh, and the dangers of sounding uh, a little sexist, it, it, it usually comes out from, from the woman who says something very... <laughs> Something because because even in arguments, a lot of times men will sit there and they will try not to take it to a certain level, right? Um, and you know, you just never know what you're gonna hear in one of those things, you know. To, you know, and, and then to tell your little friend about that green hemorrhoid in your ass, you know, all that. <laughs> you don't know the kind of stuff. You gonna hear come out in these arguments that it's very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. So, you know, I, I, you do have to. I mean, I'd be real quick to tell one of y'all, yeah, you know, how about uh, you know, how about we just stay at our own houses today and just relax, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm under the weather right now, you know. That'll be our cold word. I'm under the weather, you know. <laughs> I have have been in situations, very uncomfortable ones where I've been a part, where I've been a part of arguments and and had to listen to it and and try to shut it out as much as I can. Because some things come out that it's hard to look at your people's the same way again. So So you've never like gotten involved. You've never seen like a, a dispute where you felt like, okay, you know what? I need to step in and stop this before it gets worse. No, I haven't seen one of those um, where where I thought it was going to like get not like anything where I thought it was going to get physical or anything like that. But people, I mean, people say some very mean things to each other, and I guess it goes back to every relationship's different, you know. But I mean, just like Jason kind of kind of said, I mean, you know that 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 they know how to push your buttons. I mean. That's but that's the dangers of when you let people get so close to you. I mean, they know all those buttons. They can't help it. They know they're there. And at the end of the day, a lot of times they want to make sure you feel something. So if you don't feel what they saying, you're gonna feel anger. It's one of the two. So you better choose yeah, to feel so. what they're saying. <laughs> I've had I've I've had two situations where 
I felt like things just really, really escalated out of control. One, where I did stand up and interfere, and I feel good about it. And a second one, where I just couldn't bring myself to interfere. And sometimes I kind of wish that I had, because it it really should have stopped. One time I saw this uh, uh, guy who I actually, I didn't personally know either one of them, but he poured vodka in this chick's face. And, you know, she was uh, crying and choking and it would look really bad and it looked like it was going to continue. And so I ended up stepping in and saying, hey, man, that that's not cool. That's not acceptable. You can't you can't do that. And it ended up, you know, we ended up having to leave the place. But he did, you know, stop doing anything or hurting her. Um, So I was glad about that, at least another time. uh, He's. Two people that I knew. This guy lived on the uh, top floor of a place, and his girl was at the bottom, and he wouldn't let her in. And she started screaming to the entire neighborhood that he was sleeping with transsexuals and that he was undercover. Ooh. And that, yeah, Ooh. yeah, Ooh. yeah, bro. And What's she on? was screaming it on the block. And, you know, there were other brothers around that were outside that were listening to this. Oh my! And in my mind, I'm like, on the one hand, she is going ballistic on my boy right now. I should really step in and tell her, yo, you need to chill. But on the other hand, I don't want to become associated with with the, the dialogue that is happening right now. So, <laughs> so I had to stay back like, uh, you know what? We're going to let this play out. And uh, hopefully sooner or later, she's going to go home and go about her business. And uh, I'll talk to I'll talk to him then. But yeah, sometimes. Maury took that slow step back. He said, uh, <laughs> but, uh, everyone who's not sleeping with transsexuals. I was like that Homer Simpson I, meme where he just like mm. right, basically, basically, like yeah, I can't, I can't be involved in this. I'm really, I'm really sorry, bro. I hope you're able to like, wow. repair the reputation somehow. But uh, nah, I can't, I can't help you with this. I can't help you with this at all. You really got to get somebody upset that now it's yeah. total business, right? Amongst right. the neighborhood. That's something <laughs> that is built up over time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. So I do have uh, one final question then. Uh, not for Jason, because we already know his answers now. <laughs> but I would ask, would you prefer that your wife argues uh, less than she currently does? Less or more? And we already know that his stuff is right where Jason wants it to be, even if he won't admit it. So, Hudson, uh, what about you? How do you feel? You know, I, I mean, I think anybody who says they want more arguing is 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 insane to me. But I, I mean, I, I understand where people coming from when they when they say no arguments is is not healthy. I mean, I get where they're coming from, but. You know, I feel like those are the people that that might go and try to manufacture some arguments when when, you know, it's just totally not necessary. You know, um, I mean, maybe maybe again, that's just not the right person for you. If that person doesn't want to argue and you want to find you a person that want to argue, you know, now I would say there's a risk in that. 
you know, that person <laughs> likes to argue might like to do some other things, and and you mm-hmm. and you might be the bad the recipient of of some physical abuse that you don't that you don't like. You know, not to everybody who likes to argue is is physical abusers, but anyway, back to the question. Okay. Um. No, I, I definitely don't want to argue anymore, and but I don't think it's too much arguing or anything like that. I mean, I, I think we got a good flow and a good rhythm on on how we make decisions. So, you know, I, I at the end of the day, I don't think anything is is meant to be disrespectful to me, and I don't and I don't do anything that I that I try to intentionally disrespect her in any way. So that's the one thing I always keep in mind when when I feel like I might want to, you know, if I ever feel like I want to blow up about something, you know, I always keep in mind she ain't she ain't trying to disrespect me in any way, or or wasn't trying to leave me out or or whatever the case. So, uh, you know, I'm fine with where where it's at now. You know, awesome. yep. Um, I feel pretty much the same way that. Um, I certainly don't want to have more arguments, but at the same time, I always want my wife to feel comfortable expressing herself to me and letting her me know when she is upset and when there is something going on that she needs to communicate. So I'm not going to say that I would wish less arguments either, because even with feeling like sometimes these arguments start over stuff that really doesn't matter and certainly doesn't matter to me, I still want to know that it's on your mind and that it's having an effect on you and that you wish I would change it, even if I have no intention to change it. At least I have that knowledge. So I wouldn't ask for less arguments either. I, I feel like we're in a good place as far as that, where she is consistently making sure that her perspective is heard and that I feel like we're having a good dialogue about where each other stands. So... With that, uh, I appreciate you, brothers. I think this is a very good dialogue and that <laughs> we all were able to provide our own little tidbits about how we handle disagreements with our wives and how we uh, are able to handle things differently than Chad Wheeler and his ilk <laughs> handle mm. the, the women that they're associated with. And with that, let's segue into what is always the final part of the show. NFL football, and as I predicted, Patrick uh, Holmes. Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know why I'm so in of his name. Patrick Mahomes came out on top. Uh, I absolutely believe he is going to steamroll over Tom Brady, passing on the torch. Mind you, huge respect to Tom Brady for what he has been able to accomplish this season. I've seen multiple people try to say that this doesn't reflect poorly upon Belichick. I completely disagree. I think it uh, it makes Belichick uh, exposed uh, to a little bit, to at least some degree. And I can almost guarantee you that it's Eden had his crumb, and he feels like <laughs> this is not the way I wanted this season to go. I mean, Patriots don't even make the playoffs. Brady's all the way in the Super Bowl. You can't tell me that doesn't mean nothing. Come on now. Stop. Stop it. Uh, but I think this does – pretty much solidify Brady at GOAT status. I mean, the Buccaneers were not close to a Super Bowl team last season. And he just came in and implemented that championship culture that I've been talking about all year. 
that I know y'all still don't believe in, but you're seeing it right there with your own two eyes in the Buccaneers. You bring that championship culture to a team and it changes everything. They just have to be willing to accept it and understand that they really need it. So uh, I don't know. What's your what's your uh, perspective, brothers? Do you see Brady going all the way? Well, you know, I'm going to say this about Belichick and all that. I, I, You know, what people got to realize is when Tom Brady gets to go somewhere else, Tom Brady gets to do his thing over there. Whereas Belichick has been running a certain system for 20 years, and he doesn't get to necessarily keep his system because now he gets a different quarterback, and now he's got to figure all that out. It didn't just happen with Tom Brady. It didn't just all of a sudden just snap. Tom Brady, as far as I remember, sat on the bench for a couple of years, and they were able to figure things out over the years. And after he followed Drew Bledsoe and all that, came in and boom, there you go. They, they figured it out. But Tom Brady, absolutely. You know, it's just like when uh, uh, Peyton Manning went over to, to Denver. You know, he, he brought Peyton Manning and he brought whatever system he wanted over there. That's why when people keep being in the in the Bears chat talking about, yeah, we passed over Bruce Arians or, or whoever, I'm like, you're talking about the guy who has a six-time NFL champion quarterback now? Come on you're, now. You're talking about, yeah, are, are we seriously going to act like Tom Brady isn't running this team? <laughs> I mean, so... Oh, please, come on now. Stop talking about like Arians was going to be this great <laughs> coaching success over here in Chicago. You know? Brady doesn't even like him. That dude used threw Brady under the bus multiple times throughout the year. Yeah, he did. Brady used to stand at the podium shocked and amazed at the way he was being talked about. Like, this, Brady put this team on his back, no doubt. And I guarantee you, if he could, Brady would have Arians fired. <laughs> guarantee you. They probably just told that boy sit back and enjoy the ride. Right, exactly. Like, bro, <laughs> I'm a professional at this. You've never even done it once. You're not going to tell me about how to, what it takes to get there. I'm here because you couldn't get it done without me. Mm-hmm. Shut the fuck up about me. Keep my name out of your mouth. Next time they ask something about me during the interview, bro, just move on to a new subject. Come on now. And sit back and enjoy the ride. And I'm, I'm going to take you to a Super Bowl. Watch this. I do that given that conversation with the Super Bowl rings on my fingers. Like, bruh, you don't when I'm pointing at him, I want them, I want them rings to shine in his eyes. Like, bruh, you don't know what it takes to get there. I do. Close your mouth. Close your mouth. Mm-hmm. Now here's what I here's one thing shifting gears a little bit. Man, did Aaron Rodgers choke. Oof. Man. And Oof. And what I was really upset about was that is that comment he made about his coach. Basically, he said, yeah, I wasn't involved in that decision not to go for it on fourth down. I don't know why he did it. It's basically what Aaron Rodgers said. I was like, are you kidding me? And I looked at that third down play like three or four times, and he had nobody in front of him. He could have ran that thing. He could have at least got to the two or three yard line. But but he decided to throw in the coverage and got it knocked away and left a fourth and eight. A fourth and goal at the eight yard line. Come on now. I mean, right. you go you go put this blame on 
you could have walked up to him and said, no, I want the ball. I want to throw it on fourth down. I want to go for it now. He could have went up and said that to that coach, and the coach would have said, okay. So I hate when players do that mess. I so, think that's just an easier way. Just to, I think that's your exit plan pretty much at the end of the day. Uh, because they started off with that. That, that first year that Matt LaFleur took over the Packers, you know, they 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 that was a story the majority of the time coming out of Green Bay that him and Matt LaFleur just didn't, you know, say they just didn't gel. But everybody started, you know, making a big deal once they started winning and everything. Like, oh, it looks like Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are all on the same page now. I think that was just – I think that's Aaron's exit statement at this point. I, I really – I don't even think he's all that in. And when it comes to the Packers half the time, I mean, he, he, he just, he honestly, you know who he reminds me of? He just reminds me of a better Jay Cutler. Just attitude wise. No, he ain't the quiet dude and whatnot. He talk his shit. He really do. So I, at, at this point, what I, I pretty much think it, Aaron at some point in time made a decision that he just wasn't going to be a Packer no more. So that's why he jumped down and he made the statements that he did. And he and and most people like to think that they don't make those type of decisions while they're on the field either. I kind of feel like they do. I, at the end of the day, yeah, it's a game, but to these dudes that's out here on the field, this is a business. Hey, they gotta get, they season, gotta man. make they they gotta make their decisions. You remember last season when old boy walked out at halftime? <laughs> Just <laughs> He's like, all right. The game ain't over, but I, I'm done. I'm done. It's about time. You know, I'm going to say that. It ain't going to be popular because all three of us are Bears fans. But the only reason Aaron Rodgers got a Super Bowl is because he played the Bears in the 2010 NFC Championship. It's the only reason. He has choked. He in, still had to win the Super Bowl. He has choked in every other NFC Championship. I'm saying if he didn't play the Bears, he wouldn't have made it to the Super Bowl. He'd have lost again in the NFC. I'm saying the only reason. At the end of the day, he did win the Super Bowl. He did win the Bears are the only team that they can consistently beat over and over again. Okay? And here's the irony, right? In 2010, we had a chance to knock the Packers out of the playoffs that year in Week 17, and we lost. We lost, and they came back and beat us in the in the NFC Championship game. How screwed up is that? He is a pack. Yeah. He is a bad killer. We will admit that shit. Way more efficient than Brett Favre was. I tell you that he was. So I think I, I feel like he's just done being a Packer. I feel like he has no faith in the organization, and honestly, I think he has good reason not to have faith in the organization. They have not made good moves. Um, while I don't, I'm not going to say that they lost the game because of LaFleur. I agree that Aaron Rodgers choked it away. I do not think he was the coach that the Green Bay Packers should have gotten. Like the Packers, you know, much to my dismay, are a very prestigious team. They had a wide <clears throat> selection of coaches that they could have picked from. And to say that this coach is worthy of the last three years of a Hall of Fame career in Aaron Rodgers, Mm, I, I I don't think it's true, but he was probably cheap. Yeah, and the record look at says the, something different. Huh? The record says different. What do you mean? Now, granted, on, on paper, he's been a pretty decent coach for the for the Packers, but we're talking about how Aaron Rodgers feels about it. So, right. yeah, 
Yeah. yeah, and at the end of the day, you know, it's easy for your record to be great when your quarterback is throwing 4,000-plus yards. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in a lot of ways, Rodgers just put it on his back and just said, hey, we're going to make something out of this. But when you look at the moves the Green Bay Packers have actually made, eh, eh. And mind you, they're still better than the Bears. I stick by what I said, position from position. They're better than the team that we have put together, but – that's because our organization sucks. It's not because they're so great. You know? So I think Rodgers has very good reason to be upset, not Deshaun Watson upset. So I don't think he should have just choked away the freaking game. But I understand why he's got to throw it up his arms. Like, you know what? I really don't want to be here anymore. Will he be able to get out of being in Green Bay, though? I doubt it. Oh yeah, I doubt it. Oh, yeah. well, he could request, and, he could request and, a trade just like anybody else. In oh, Aaron Rodgers, in Aaron Rodgers' defense, he didn't choke away the game because he was mad at Green Bay. He is a habitual choker in the NFC Championship game, so I, I don't believe he was I, mad those other years. I, I feel like, but I feel like this is on a different level. Again, that fourth down call, like you said, he could have went up to the coach and been like, "No, you're gonna give me this opportunity. I'm gonna make this happen." And the fact that he kind of just backed away like that, to me, shows either he's just done with Green Bay and just doesn't want anything to do with them anymore, or on some level his confidence was shattered in the game. And he didn't believe he could step out on that field and make it happen. Mm. Either way, you know, I feel like it's on a whole nother level than those other NFC Championship games that he's choked away. This was this was bad. Well, let's, let's, especially let's bad. say it. LaFleur's call not to go for it on fourth down, that was a Matt Nagy move right there. That was a Matt Nagy play. That was a not going for the win play right there. And, and yes, he wow. should have went for it on that fourth down. But mm-hmm. you know what? Like I said, Aaron Rodgers had that point where he had it in his hands. He could have – had he that got to the four-three-yard line, LaFleur would have sure enough went for it on fourth down. But he didn't. And to be even more specific to your example, Matt Nagy to some degree is this way because he doesn't trust Trubisky. So to me, LaFleur's choice showed that in the moment, he didn't really trust Aaron Rodgers. You know, like he didn't really believe Aaron Rodgers could go out there and make it happen. Because if you believe that, then you go ahead and put Aaron Rodgers out there. I kind of feel like that probably happened before that play then, if that's the case. I, I agree with your argument on that, Samori. But I think there was a decision in there that happened. There was a player or something that was picked in a certain situation that he didn't like. Yeah. And they probably sat there on the, on the sideline and argued about it for a minute. I didn't see the end of that game. I didn't see if there was a timeout where he went over and had to have a discussion with him or something like that. Something happened during that game where Aaron Rodgers was like, okay, dude, you done went back to when I didn't like you in the beginning. We was moving along, and now you the fuck around. Now you going back to this same bullshit. So it, I think it happened way before that fourth down call. And I that's think that's awesome. kind of what led up to the third down on him not running that ball. <laughs> Perfectly honest with you. I think it was somewhere in there where Aaron – I think Aaron made a decision. All right, I'm done with this. Yeah. Regardless, they're out there. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is out now along with Josh Allen. So who do you all have coming out the winner of the Super Bowl? I obviously have the Chiefs. Jason, how do you feel about it? I I like underdogs. I'm going with Tampa. You think Tampa's an underdog in this? I didn't even – 
at the end of the day, I didn't even think Tampa Bay was in. I didn't even realize they made it into the playoffs. Perfectly honest with you. But now they're here. Yeah, and now with them being here, and then, I feel like the vast majority of people are like Tom Brady's going to figure it out. Well, yeah, that's what I say. Like, but I, but they're still underdogs at the end of the day, at least on paper, against the, that Kansas City squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, of course they're the underdogs. What else would they be? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that if you look at the odds in Vegas right now, shit, they're a couple points down. I don't know, man. Tom Brady has got to be putting his finger on the scale. <laughs> It's got to be a good payday. Ooh. Hudson, how do you feel? Yeah, I honestly don't know. I mean, uh, you know, the, the thing that Mahomes got for him is that he's been at that stage before. He's won it before. So, you know, but but Brady's won it so many times. He's been there so many times. And I got to think experience is going gonna, is gonna to definitely be a factor in this. I just don't know. I right. I. Uh, it's one of those calls I'm gonna I'm gonna wait to make until probably the day before where I go okay this is who I think I'm, is gonna win I need to see some injury reports I need to see some more information yeah. on this one this is a tough one I'm an NFC guy so I'm always NFC I don't know why maybe it's because the Bears are the NFC but yeah, I'm always an NFC guy all right. I want to thank all of you for joining us here at SJH Man Cave. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Remember that you can hear this and other episodes on all your major podcast platforms. We're on YouTube at SJH Man Cave. Once you're there, please hit that subscribe button, like, and leave a comment. You can also like, share, and follow us on Facebook at SJH Podcast Family and at SJH Man Cave. I would like to thank my two fellow podcasters, Jason and Hudson, for keeping it real. Until next time, this is your host, Samori, signing off.